Welcome to the Bailey. I'm your token normie for this week, Master Thief, filling in for Yasin Masood. Today we are talking about anarcho-primitivism and the return to monkey with a side trip through Ted Kaczynski's Unabomber Manifesto. Uh, with me today are some of our uh, frequent Bailey guests. We have Jason Kulak and Marlo. So uh, I just want to start off with the basic, basically asking everyone, what do what do they read anarcho-primitivism is, uh, and just just go from there. So Jason, um, keeping it in the context of Ted Kaczynski, it, it I mean I, I think. It's an ideology born out of a kind of alienation, fear of modernity, and what it has summoned is that you know technology seems to have. We as humans, you know, we we hope or you know we, we have some idea that we have some kind of freedom or agency, and over, you know, as as we have birthed this sort of unprecedented reality where we have these you know fantastical powers and we have. Uh, you know, we can fly and, you know, we have our cars and, you know, these uh, Google, Amazon, whatever they are. Um, these things sort of take our agency from us. They start to kind of take a life uh, of their own and kind of our, our, our role in life is, you know, maybe we see ourselves as surviving or kind of ordering things. And this gets sublimated into kind of a pathological tendency where, you know, the tools we use, you know, we, we create these tools to do some things towards our human ends, and this kind of gets reversed towards our human ends are doing something to serve the tools, and the, the tools are just kind of out of control. There isn't a, a human being in charge, and I, I think, I, I'm not sure that Kaczynski necessarily used this language, but, he, you know, what he saw is that this, this, you know, there were these inevitable problems that were coming from the, uh, you know, the Industrial Revolution, just the continued expansive technology, and that can only be solved by um, blowing everything up and going back to a, a primitive life where one could be kind of free and authentically human and have that notion of, you know, we decide things instead of the machine does. Um, and I think, personally, I, I think, I, I'm pessimistic. I don't think that that's possible. I think that it's just going to happen and I don't think that there's any way society can coordinate to stop it. And so we need to figure out ways of clearly seeing what the issue is, because I think his diagnosis was mostly correct, and how to essentially solve it on an individual scale, um, how to reorder our lives so that we kind of get some sense of agency back, some sense of meaningful living that isn't alienated and atomized, etc. So I'd say I'm pretty sympathetic to anarcho-primitivism um, in that I'm very sympathetic to the anarchic project. I'm very sympathetic to the idea that anarchism has to be qualitatively different. You get a lot of anarchists that that you can imagine eh, that you encounter them and pretty much their ideal society is, is a democracy with like 30% more, t more taxes and maybe cooler hair. Hair and just no qualitative difference from this society they're describing. Not really anarchic in any ways. And the anarcho primitivism, the vision is very compelling. I just, I don't really get the obsession with technology as such, as opposed to social structures or, 
or kind of modes of organization. Um, by comparison, I'm very sympathetic to Bat Bronze Age Pervert's um, vision, which on the surface sounds a lot like Anprim, but isn't obsessed with the idea of doing away with motorcycles or or advanced modes of production. Okay. Marlo? So, I think if we're trying to get to the core of what anarcho-primitivism is, it's important to look at the Unabomber Manifesto and say that Kaczynski is explicitly saying that he's not going over ground that other people have covered. He's not talking about... Um, Quote, he's not talking about the concerns of environmentalism, even though he, they're an important part of the anarcho-primitivist idea. He's, um, he doesn't specifically doesn't mention his own kind of conversion moment, which is when a road was built across the Montana wilderness he looked over, and that pissed him off enough to start going and murdering people. Uh, so if we're going to get really get to the core of it, anarcho-primitivism... Um, as opposed to, say, a, a utopian ideal where our productive uh, capacity is so advanced that we can all live in peace and all um, not have to worry about uh, anything problematic and just live the bucolic lives we would ideally lead, which is, in fact, pretty similar to what Marx, how Marx describes communism in the economic and philosophical manuscripts. And the core of anarcho-primitivism is getting back to... Uh, the most fundamental, natural, primitive drives of human beings, which is um, survival. As Kaczynski talks about the power process, getting through, um, having to struggle again to meet our most basic needs uh, and achieve our most basic ends. Uh, that and these, the belief that a higher satisfaction comes from struggle than from comfort is ultimately, I think, um, what anarcho-primitivism is aiming at. Hmm. Well, my own personal attitude on this is, uh, like I said, I'm the token normie. So I'm, I'm, I read the the Unabomber Manifesto, or at least I, I, I try to. Uh, I've I read interviews with uh, other primitivist uh, philosophers, uh, John Zerzan. Uh, I went back and read uh, E. F. Schumacher's Smallest Beautiful, uh, which is a text that a lot of these uh, a lot of the anarcho-primitivism cites. Um, I'm I'm start I'm starting to think that that there's uh it's it's really looking at the human past through rose-colored glasses and consequently missing a lot of the red flags that came along with it. Uh I believe uh you know I believe it was either Jason or Kulak who mentioned the horrific mortality rates uh that were common before the advent of modern medical technology um and uh, also the in also the, the the basically random violence that could come through a lot of these uh, primitive civilizations, you know, even you know going back to the uh, what 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 started this all is is, is returning to monkeys. I, um, there is a there's a huge amount of of, of violence uh, in these you know primate communities, which is which is really carried over. So I'm I'm not exactly sure it's a solution, but you know that's just my perspective. Uh, I could be wrong. So let's, let's move on to, um, so what are, what are, there's, 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 uh, ah, let me start over with this. There are two separate parts of this philosophy. There's the, um, anarchy versus civilization axis, and there's the technology versus primitivism axis. And I want to, I want to focus first on the anarchy versus civilization aspect. Uh, what, 
what is everyone's uh, feeling about that? Uh, what's what's been influential? Uh, does what uh, Kaczynski and, and Zerzan and some of the others say make sense uh, of, of the you know you know we we should be rejecting uh, civilization and returning to a more anarchic, flatter, um, whatever mode of lifestyle? So, what's um... The uh, anarcho-primitivist critique of civilization um, has a pretty different understanding of civilization from how we normally uh, use the word. It talks about society, the system, that sort of thing in very totalizing terms that um, the entirety of society is a system of control which is uh, inherently um, not not necessarily harmful to but alienating to um, uh, uh, has friction with human be- with human nature because um, it a- because it aims at control and because it is uh, every part of it is aimed at control. The Kaczynski basically uh, boils every um, human impulse uh, towards, um, for instance, the incremental social reforms that uh, rationalists love or that are um, the guiding light of uh, liberal progressivism. As merely st- as motivated, uh, ultimately unconsciously, structurally by steps in the as steps in the direction of control, and that's um, that is that's the civilized that civilization as anarcho primitivism sees it, not uh, skyscrapers and cathedrals and so on. I, I'd characterize that um, the anarcho primitive characterization is not accurate. A great deal of what is put out, what we think of as advancements, are just centralizations of control. Um, thinking of the education system, most corporations, in essence, function function in this way. Um, pretty much every company on the Fortune 500 is, exists as some form of regulatory capture that that either de facto or explicitly concentrates power over large market segments in the hands of the state. You can go through through the Rothbardian um, anarcho-capitalist school of thought and arrive at the conclusion that we're living in a totalitarian society. It doesn't... Anarcho-primitivism doesn't seem that far out compared to most other other forms of anarchism, especially if you are historically steeped in in kind of the tradition of an- anarchism or just um, kind of 19th century liber- liberalism or just libertarianism. Jason, any thoughts? Or? Well, so I'm, I'm thinking about how coupled the... Um, I mean, because in, in the question you pose, uh, we're, we're sort of separating out the... Um, you know, anarcho part from the primitism, so to speak, is, you know, the the question of technology and the question of centralization are kind of two different things. And I, I'm I, I'm wondering how separate they are um, in that, you know, over the course of the Industrial Revolution, it seems like things have, uh, well, it's kind of hard to say, actually, because I think in some sense we've kind of and here I'm specifically thinking of Moldbug and his definition of leftism is that uh, sort of a, a, over the course of the Enlightenment is that the, the the way power, it's like 
uh, almost like the, the surface area of power has increased, if that makes sense. It doesn't, but <laughs> the, um, how do I put that in English? Um, we, we, we essentially, we, we convolute kind of social interaction so much, uh, or just who has the levers of power. We go from, okay, there's, you know, the king who gives orders and, you know, one person does everything to kind of this, these systems where everybody gets a say in everything. Um, and more and more people have more and more things. So, you know, it's kind of, there's more opportunities for people to have power and take on roles of status. And the roles are always kind of, well, if everybody's making decisions then nobody is, nobody's really in control of anything. And I, I think that, you know, the, the tend towards, you know, corporate, I, I suppose, regulatory capture or, um, you know, we talk about these Fortune 5 countries or we talk, you know, and I guess the alienation that goes on to society, I'm thinking of this more in, I guess, Baptist terms in that it's not necessarily a centralization or is it's, it's kind of hard to call that a centralization. To me, it means it's more diffused. Um, and even when, you know, even if we look at just the technologies that have come along, I mean, some of them have been great for decentralization, especially, um, you know, recently. I mean, we have things like Bitcoin, you know, some of the uh, newer prospects in social media and, uh, you know, things of that nature. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure I have a point here, but I, I, I think it's just it's interesting to explore how these things are connected. Um, the, the reason why I'm, I'm trying to, 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 to separate these two and have a discussion about them is because it's, it's, it seems to me that you can have a both technology can both enable uh, the mass centralization of society. Uh, that was that was the entire purpose of the Industrial Revolution and economies of scale. And it all goes back to very 19th century European, uh, you know, sort, sort of uh, industry, the good of the state versus the more libertarian side of things where you can you have technology that diminishes hierarchy that flattens things out uh that is not that is not just regulatory capture but it also sort of enables a, a bypass around regulations i mean there was look at how uber and lyft have basically changed the game as, as far as transportation goes it used to be that you had a centralized taxi monopoly and then you had a couple of coders thinking about, hey, hey, wait a second, how do we, how do we get around this? Uh, and they 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 developed their own system that that sort of bypassed that. I don't think that these two are are necessarily as 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 deeply connected uh, as 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 people think, because you know technology and primitivism have both enabled anarchy. They've enabled civilizations. It's kind of like that, you know, the po the political compass memes where you have a. Uh, you know, you, you can you can have anarcho primitivism. You can have techno civilization. You can have anarcho technology, and you can have primitive or primitive civilizations. Let's 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 talk let's talk about the primitive technology aspect of it, um, and 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 specifically, um, does does rejecting technology entail rejecting all technology? The advances that 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 enabled more human beings to live. Uh, you know, antibiotics, surgery, things like that, uh, or is it just the the, the really far sighted stuff that that could be used as as a means of, of of social control and imposition of authority? So, Kaczynski has kind of a Marxist historicist um, conception of 
of technology and social institutions. For him, the technological mode of mode of production, the dominant kind of economic economic systems, in his case, industrial society, the the factory, the large large scale industrial production institution. For for him, that pretty much necessarily implies the political and social institutions, which, in fairness to him, is a very, very popular th- conception, kind of a very hauntingly, because it it then implies that you pretty much can't have freedom and technology at the same time. You can't have your cake and eat it too. But um, in a way that's really unpopular in a lot of other political theories. Like, outside of hardcore Marxists, you aren't going to really encounter a lot of people who expect expect that levels of technological production are necessarily going to imply certain political institutions. Um, indeed, most of our political debates at the moment are revolve around the idea that they that they aren't going to imply that, that, that from our given technology level of technological development you could go communist you could go fascist you could go democratic you could go monarchist you could go neo feudalist or ancap or or maybe those two are necessarily the same thing if you're if you're a communist worried that who believes that there isn't a natural technological course that implies political institutions so that's really another interesting facet of Kaczynski is just how historical materialist he is. Hmm. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily true that those other ideologies think that, you know, you can, that technology and, you know, those questions of society are um, unconnected. I think it's, uh, and maybe this is too uncharitable to them because I'm sure there's more sophisticated forms of those, but at least what you see in kind of the mainstream discourse is more of just people don't understand the issue of technology at all. They just don't take it seriously. It just isn't. Um, And I think that's kind of one of the values of this ideology, you know, even if I disagree with it, is that he, I, there is a thing there. There is some kind of essence of technology that I think Kaczynski has identified and attempted to map out that others just simply aren't seeing and, there's there's kind of a pet example I think of a lot in that um, uh, you, I, I don't know you see this come up a lot when people talk to progressives or you know kind of this progressive conservatism debate where um, conservatives will complain that everything is degenerating right and then uh, progressives will say well people were always saying that right people were saying that you know Socrates or you know they have I think there's like some made up quote or something but they have they have all these quotes they point to from the past about, um, oh, the youth today are so terrible and they lack the virtues and they lack this and that, you know. And that might be perpetually true. That might be some part of, like, old people's psychology is just to irrationally think the youth are underdeveloped or, you know, not virtuous and they're just kind of stuck in an eternal present where they can't see that they were just as bad in their youth. But that misses the fact, and I I know I'm beating up a straw man here, but it's... Um, we live in radically different circumstances than have ever existed in all of human history. The present age is 
strange that this just nobody could have predicted this could have happened i mean we just we live in like a wizard world we're all sorcerers and we have our magic i mean like and there's you know i think even like an irrefutable maybe not but it's there's one very obvious sense in which um technology and the way society is structured is um just the 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 means of um distance is no longer an issue to communication, right? And so that inevitably allows for much greater um, centralization that was popular or possible before is that, you know, if you have kind of these local powers, you, um, you know, you have some kind of federalism, you can't coordinate anything centrally without, you know, waiting several months or years to kind of get the message across, right? That's why you had individual governors with much greater power and the community would kind of take care of things, you know, by the time it takes somebody to put somebody on trial and get everything through, you know, it's a message wouldn't necessarily go back to the, the central power. Whereas now it's like, okay, well you can, you can fly people out. You know, all of us were in different countries. Um, we can have this conversation. This just wasn't possible before. And that enables a a fairly different political reality, which I think we just kind of take for granted because we don't know anything else. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to how much of this is, technology based and how much of this is just a a fundamental problem of human nature that we've always had and is is not subject to change i mean you i mean i i see uh, uh sultan's been commenting in real time on our show chat he's been he's been pulling up the cicero quote o tempora o mores um and i i'm i'm thinking about you know how socrates was put on trial for corrupting the youth and making sure that the, that the, that they didn't pray to the proper god so uh, i'm i'm wondering if if this this isn't just some um some some old human impulse to 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 identify some some demon that if we just got rid of you know humanity would would be perfect uh, again, and I I'm 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 a little skeptical, but uh, I'll I'll give uh, you know Kulak and 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 Marlow if they want uh, some. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so. I mean, this goes back, um, at least if you believe modern authors, goes back earlier. James C. Scott talks about uh, this whole conundrum of anarcho-primitivism versus the totalitarian state being the whole issue in uh, the Fertile Crescent as uh, Babylon and other early city-states arose. But, uh, and that I think that that conflict might be a bit romanticized, but was brought by modern anarchists, but it's definitely real in history. And, um, I, but I think that looking at the way in which anarcho-primitivists um, def- nece- believe that uh, anarchism necess- necessitates, tyrannicism, true freedom necessitates primitivism, gets to the heart, the heart of the nihilistic aspect of their worldview. And, um, so if the political nihilist is a rejecter of civilization then um, presumably um, nihilism uh, rejects the values of civilization and once you reject those what's left what courage uh, the endurance of pain the power process as Kaczynski puts it um, the um, base the basic uh, enjoyment that we feel at uh, our at the satisfaction of our most basic drives and this is um, Kaczynski puts it in a very sort of um, hard-edged frontier like frontiersman uh, form but um, 
it goes to it goes to other people as well. We talk about the return to monkey meme, but um, Rousseau literally believed that abandoning civilization was returning to monkey. He was um, when he heard about orangutans, he was uh, quite apparently quite excited because he thought finally we've discovered people who are un- uncorrupted by civilization, and uh, so uh, if uh, once you. If you reject civilization, you're not going to stop. If you reject uh, technology, if you reject um, the organization of society, which is inherently part of technology, if you reject the techno, if you see technology as a mastery of nature, which includes the mastery of human nature, you can't reject technology without without embracing primitivism. So why is Ted Kaczynski so down on the possibility uh, of exit from technological society? Why not, why not just simply pick and choose the good parts of civilization technology and just leave the bad parts behind? So there's he doesn't really go into great depths on the idea of, of ex, exit. Um, there are a lot of ideas you could come up with. So, just immediately what comes to mind is, well, you can exit, but civilization can follow, can follow you. The, the U.S. carrier fleets are always going to be stalking you if you're doing anything interesting. <laughs> but, um, but there, but if you read, like, BAP, the idea of exit primitivism or um, the idea of exiting to have kind of a nomadic barbarian lifestyle of some sort whether that be actually living out in the woods woods uh, with your your hut without electricity or whether that be going to the third world with your accumulated money and leading some kind of hedonistic hedonistic um, pseudo-colonizer your lifestyle that's that is commentated on a lot in the um in the kind of anarchic space bap specifically kind of idol idolizes um simon mann and executive outcomes the um the sas guys who tried to overthrow I think it was the central african republic or maybe it, some it somebody was they, they got in a lot of trouble for it yeah, they had they had Margaret Thatcher's son backing them up. They were going to try and overthrow throw a country and kind of ma- create their own mercenary nary state with a little pup, puppet dictator. Hater. Um essentially plot of Metal Gear Solid Solid 5, but um but so he he does idolize kind of that that barbarian nomadic lifestyle that that going outside civilization to kind of create your your own kind of heroic heroic dangerous lifestyle complete with all the technology of civilization but there is a question of okay are you creating more anarchic kind of barbarian space or are you you creating less by doing it are you consuming kind of a commons of undiscovered or or more anarchic, anarchic space where you can do stuff like that, and inevitably turning it into just more, 
more homogenized civil civilization, and it's not obvious one way or the other whether or not it is possible to do kind of high tech cool cool stuff that creates more more anarchy or whether it's naturally um homogenize everything into an over socialized civilization where kind of lives of meaning are impossible uh, one of kaczynski's principles which is uh sort of assumed but i don't see uh, anywhere that that is that's really proven he says that quote if a change is made that is sufficiently large to alter permanently a long-term historical trend then it will alter his the society as a whole in other words a society is a system in which all parts are interrelated and you can't permanently change any important part without changing all other parts as well and quote um do we do we agree with that uh, i i i know i yeah marlo so I would say that we can salvage the possibility of exit from Kaczynski's worldview while granting that second principle. So um, we're asking ourselves, why can't small groups or individuals escape the control of the system? Why can't they do it through um, illegibility um, for, by uh, becoming incomprehensible to the, st- to the system? And why can't they do it by dropping beneath the radar of the system like the Amish do? And Kaczynski grants the fact that the Amish exist because they don't threaten the system. Or what about becoming pure parasites on the system like John McAfee, who is um, probably a little bit too free for his own good, but does it by taking the system's money and uh, ignoring the system. And then, and well, until he got thrown in jail, but that's, that, you know, happens to the best of us. Maybe not the best of us, but <laughs> only the very best of us. Kaczynski talks about uh, the um, the difference between the huge social changes that occurred on the American frontier and the huge social changes that occur today as being differentiated by whether they you are they are built with the, whether the frontiersman has built social change with his own hands or whether it's imposed on him by the system. But how sure are we that, like the frontiers, and we can't create change by our own hands? Um, even we could even use technology for that. Um, technological exit is um, a very real possibility. Uh, you can look at Bitcoin, but you can also look at um, cryptography, uh, intentional online communities, um, other efforts to exit via tech, which are um, at least not proven to be failures in the way that uh, I think Kaczynski would want them to be proven. And, uh, but I, it gets to, I think, a more crucial point about his thought where, which forecloses exit before one even asks the practical considerations, which is that um, Kaczynski's outlook, his entire worldview is dedicated towards looking at the system as a whole, of, at humanity as a whole. But his human psychology is all about the power process. It's all about the individual and, and individual fulfillment. But at the same time, he isn't considering the possibility of individual fulfillment through exit because he's so fixated um, on society, on identifying himself with the, power stru- with the power struggle of the freedom club against the system. And I think ultimately that is an example of... Um, the poverty of lonely thought of what happens when you are in a cabin by yourself and unable to um, exit into a philosophical community uh, where you're able to um, discuss these things uh, 
build up human real human relationships um, and find um, those parts of life which are capable of escaping from the system um, instead of catastrophizing about the t- system of total control to come in a sense because um, by taking out everything by abstracting away or bracketing everything between himself and the system um, Kaczynski is still in a totalizing relationship to the system he's um he is dominated by the system even as he rejects it yeah yeah and 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 looking at ted kaczynski's uh real life i mean it's it's just a very kind of you know tragic story um his 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 first experience with with society when what a lot of people think uh drove him to be like that was a was a very bad experience uh, I believe, as, as a child participating in a, a series of, of, of psychological experiments uh, that 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 really scarred him. Um, and, you know, give it, given the, uh, the the path that that modern psychology has been on, I, I doubt those experience, those uh, experiments even replicated. Um, but his but his fear of 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 what the, the experiments was about. Uh, you know, his, 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 they, it, tur- it turns out that, that they were tangentially related to, to, to government fears about mind control, and they were trying to see if it was actually possible, and that just absolutely freaked him the hell out. Uh, the other, the other thing about him was that he was, uh, in large part, for um, he was, a, he was, a, he was an academic. He was a, um, a mathematician. He, he, he taught at Berkeley. He got his, he got his degrees at some very. Uh, prestigious places, uh, and as as, so, as someone who worked on the low end of academia, I can tell you that that it is a, a rarefied environment, and a lot of uh, a lot of people, um, you know, it 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 it, it, do, it doesn't it doesn't attract normies. I'll say that much. Whether these are all or nothing propositions, both uh, technology or civilization, uh, Kaczynski seems to think so. But but are the are they are they are they really, um, you know, can 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 we can we pick out any good things uh, from from uh, can we pick out any good parts of either civilization or technology and adopt those? I mean, even even Thoreau, who is who is kind of the the, the classical example of the man who you know rejected all all civilization. Uh, he 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 lived. It was it was. He didn't reject all technology. He would he would go out to 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 see his friends and and just return to nature and return to Walden Pond and sort of uh, learn learn to learn to be alone. Really, um, you know. And and that's I don't know. Maybe 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 scratch that whole part. <laughs> well, I think Kaczynski has this. I don't remember how much he um, fleshes it out, but I, I remember distinctly from his critique of leftism is that he thought leftists were over socialized and that you know people couldn't function on their own as you know they um, from uh, from a young age they were always bombarded just with people around them just not not just the family structure but then public school and just the you know work these institutions is that people couldn't forge identities separate from um, the people around them and that this made them fucked up, which I, I think personally, I think this is just a completely backwards way. I, I think if anything, people are under socialized, maybe I'm just projecting, <laughs> but I think, and, you know, uh, uh, I think there are, you know, good means of socializing people and bad ones and being all alone in the woods is a bad one unless you're, um, 
pathological to some extent, and maybe Kaczynski was just kind of typical mind damage. I mean, at the, at, the, at the same time, the, the, the a lot of the arguments for that that I that I that I've seen coming out is is that oh we we need to get back to real in person schooling we need to we need to have strong public schools because you know it it it, te- it teaches uh, kids socialization and it's like okay socialization uh, in into what really yeah into drones yeah I mean to Kaczynski does definitely make a pretty clear distinction between over socialization and leftism. Uh, and he talks about how um, in the days of Freud, over-socialization was about um, sexual repression rather than the current state where it's repressing violence. Violence and violent thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from, from, a, from, a, from a man who, who carried out a, a mail bombing campaign in, in, the, in, the, in the service of his ideas. Um, so, you know, Kaczynski is talking about, you know, it's like it's, it, is, it, is not, it is not possible uh, to, 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 ugh. it's ba- basically why, why do you think he's, he's, he's focused so much on the technology revolution instead of say a, a political revolution or an economic revolution? Uh, because uh, politics and economics necessarily make use of technology. They exist within the horizon of technology. If you have any purpose, it was his experience says if you have any purpose to your revolution, no matter how noble, apart from the eradication of technology, you will need to use technology for that purpose. So, so again, I'm going to have to go with kind of the historical materialist bias. This is where I disagree like vehemently and violently with Kaczynski. Um, you see this a lot in. Um, I, I'm used to taking on this distinction from economics kind of the technology versus economics versus politics what's the driving force and essentially the story of the 20th century is everyone going from from thinking that economics was necessarily driving politics it's the basis of market market marxist theory it's the basis of most political theories and as soon as you start reading like really in-depth financial histories, um, this was Niall Ferguson's big push in cash, cash nexus. This was most libertarian theorist story. It, essentially, it could not be more opposite. Politics drives econ- economics vastly more than economics dr- drives politics, except occasionally in in cases of total war where where raw production reality can, determines who wins or loses. But, but in terms of which institutions prosper, which institutions develop, what the prices of basic necessities are, politics is massively t- deterministic. And you can see this, you can see this right, right on the line on a map in person. Where Mexico's goes building policies, policies and regulations are pretty much non-existent, <laughs> and California's building policies and regulations are are absolutely insane. So you can go to the California border, and in Baja California, California, uh, a Mexican day labor, not just like adjusting for PP. Purchasing power and adjusting for social status, uh, a day laborer 
laborer making a Mexican wage in Mexico can afford a can largely afford a house. Maybe a small one, but but a house, a stylish tiny home. Or or you can or you can move to Texas and have a happy medium at least when the power and water are working. <laughs> I, I say this is an as I say this is an Austinite uh, whose whose water has just been restored. <laughs> whereas in whereas in California, of course, of course there are millionaires who cannot afford for their own houses, and this is entirely driven not by economic reality, not by technological reality, but political reality. Of course, of course, yeah. Well, when you say political, I mean, do you mean... Because I, I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying at the start about human agency versus the system taking on a mind of its own. And I wonder, like, yes, there is a difference between California and Mexico. And yes, that is because they are, you know, countries. They are these, you know, hierarchical orders that kind of have a mind of their own in some sense. But they're not, they're not really people they're not like there's not like one guy there driving the agency or people coordinating to drive like yes i want mexico to be this way i want california to be this way it's more of this complications of it's uh how do i put it it's it's a series of things that nobody understands that just kind of come into reality based off systems that we create to kind of harness them and use them is that we, we try to create something to suit our own ends. And in Mexico, it kind of goes poorly in California, it goes even worse, but both of them are kind of a human failure to order things, a human failure to achieve freedom. Um, and I would, I wouldn't say either one of them is really, I mean, yes, they are, political but it is politics as kind of a its own being it's a principality driving things not anybody making that decision as an individual yeah yeah there 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 seems to be a lot of of reification and reductionism uh, in Kaczynski's thinking like is it's it's like politics which is this gigantic massive force and economics which is this impersonal massive force and technology which is this impersonal massive force uh, and he, he he seems to glide past the point that that this these are just uh, collected collated human preferences for you know it's 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 not uh, it's 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 basic this this looks to me like like a case of revealed preferences that that even though we express certain doubts about technology as as a whole I mean we're 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 fine with certain benefits and even though we express certain doubts about the nature of civilization we're fine with the benefits. So um, is, is, are, is, is there, is there something that, that he's picking up on or we're not, or did he, uh, did he miss the trees because all he could see was the forest? Well, I, I would say that he is, he is certainly aware that politics exists and that um, there is a huge amount of contingency. I mean, if you were to compare him to like dialectical materialism, one of the biggest differences is that um he always says that not, nothing is certain, nothing is uh, fixed. We're basically going by chance. Our revolution will be a matter of luck if it happens. But And there are a whole bunch of different types of political contingencies which can exist. Uh, but uh, they all exist within the framework of technology. You know, in... Um, in uh, 1800, there was uh, far more variety of political regimes than there is today and uh, because they have been squeezed down into 
certain types uh, of regimes, certain ways of organizing technology. There's, um, you know, there's a metaphor for there's a, there's a bit of a thought experiment from Heidegger, I guess, where um, he says, um, imagine you were to put somebody who was truly free in charge of the radio board of Germany, right? They could. Um, they could make any sort of possible political decision about uh, how we're going to regulate the radio, how we're going to use the radio. But if they were to say we should abolish the radio, they'd be in an asylum tomorrow. They'd be out of their post. And uh, I think Kaczynski is worried about a narrowing of the horizon as we totally, as we scientifically optimize for uh, a society of control, as we um, master human nature, as we mastered uh, external nature and uh, that um, these the society of uh, surveillance of genetic manipulation that sort of thing that is the dystopia is warning about is going to eradicate even the differences between the politics of california and mexico yeah there's for every for every bitcoin or or defense distributed, or or pretty good private, or P, PGP um, cryptographic messaging service. There's always the question of, okay, that's progress, but which side is winning the war? For every for every kind of advance or motor or awesome motorcycle or or a cool development or interesting way the cartel finds to smuggle us the the narcotics we need and love there's always the there's always the the new new surveillance method there's all there's the weird cryptographic techniques that we don't even know the NSA has there's there's the new social credit system being rolled out there's a real question of which which way things are going because you know you can be winning your small little campaign but it doesn't affect the grand state of things i tend to th- tend to think that kind of centralized controlled and this the state and the hyper socialized world is is losing ground pretty intensively um i am very bearish on the american empire and kind of the presence system of control but there is there's a lot of stuff out there that's really scary that's rolling off the lines um i wanted to chime in about uh, and maybe this goes back to the question of over socialization and kind of freedom and uh, you know marlowe kind of alluded to something like this where we say uh, assume a truly free person is in charge of the radio um and then kind of pointed out why that might be oxymoronic but I, I think there's some question, or at least I, I've noticed this in kind of discussions with Kulak, is, is a disagreement over how inherently free people are, I suppose, is, is um, and also in this talk of saying, well, you know, civilization is just society's revealed preferences. Um, to, to me, that kind of strikes me as a very, it, it's... Uh, well, I, I don't want to make too many pronouncements about where people get it from, but it, it, it strikes me as kind of this weird, magical view where people just have preferences that are valid just out of the ether, 
and then that is a totally separate consideration from the society that emerges or what happens, what they want. You know, it's just people want things and we don't question it. They just their wants are that is a legitimate thing. And then whatever happens is just the natural result of that. And I think that is a it's an approximation that comes from enlightenment thinking, but it's just very wrong uh, for the sake that most people are not born free. Most people are not born with any kind of preference that one ought to respect. Uh, People must be made free through uh, the proper civilization that frees them. Um, through, you know, certain, I guess that's what education is supposed to do in theory, or, you know, maybe churches or just certain communities that we, um, groups of free people can orient each other towards being free or creating the free people. If we were all primitives, um, and, and this, you know, this is kind of tied up in certain progressive narratives is that, you know, primitives are not free. They're not really people in any sense because they don't, um, you know, even if they can walk and talk and do these things, you know, their lives are so caught up in survival and caught up in just, you know, they're dictated by so many external factors um, and not kind of a a coming to being of reason within themselves or with each other that they can't really said to be intelligent, be free. They're more unga boonga than they are, you know, painting things or creating something human or divine or beyond ourselves. Um, And I I think this conflation or, or this kind of differing sense of optimism about what the human is um, is a big issue and kind of I, I guess a political compass maybe or I think maybe on the one end libertarians take it to be very much a non-issue is that people are inherently individual and maybe leftists don't um, I'm, I'm not really sure I, I'm, that's kind of an imprecise way of saying it but so so I I'm mild suspicion just from reading reading history and the wide and pers- personal instinct is is that largely culturally the people are products of their environment when it comes to the the very important ideas around freedom rest reciprocity what they consider consider an indignity that they just have to accept versus what they consider an insult that they burn a nation down over over um you can find the exact same people the exact same broadly genetic makeup um the exact same last names who 200 years ago would eye gouge someone over a minor in insult and if a tax collector came around would would flay them alive next to a tree today today filling out their taxes and anxious bring back purring and feathering what, what they, the, the american colonists did nothing wrong i i was thinking of the um i was thinking of the scots irish in particular i know some <laughs> oh oh that was they were they were they were even worse with their tax collectors Oh, oh yeah, I, I I've known some people with some very, very amusing last names that were misspelt because around the time it was codified, they were illiterate. That are now now accountants. <laughs> Such a very a very tragic descent of a culture of intense violence and honor and not bothering to stand at paces before they shot someone for an insult. 
so broadly human cultures vary very a ton even within the same families even within the span of 200 years and the the biggest change that has has hyper socialized people and kind of destroyed the richness of human cultural and culture and kind of the natural check on centralized authority and and society in the in the Joker, oh, no. the, <laughs> the enemy we want to resist sense is is public education, the forced standardization of moral instruction values, because because very this is kind of one of my hobby horses, but <laughs> but public education serves absolutely no fucking function whatsoever aside from massive moral instruction and indoctrination in a, in a shared church. Um, public school has the same function of Sunday school. It's just, it's just it's five days a week, week for six hours instead of one day a week for three. Yeah. And the results are, are commiserate with the time put in. No. I, I mean, I, 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 I fully agree with with the uh, with with the with the with the dislike of of public education, and a lot of the socialization argument is just you know socializa- socialization socialization uh, into what it's it's a system of of conformity or or some 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 kind of you know it's like you're you're, you're trying to be a good obedient factory worker, um, but I I think the the counter the counter argument to Kaczynski is that he's he's really ignoring uh, a lot of human agency i mean the public school system was designed by human beings all of this all this technology all these uses uh whether it's you know things like you know google glass or the stanford prison experiment or 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 any or the chinese social credit these are all these are all developed by human beings for political purposes um, and and different human beings could come up with different ideas. So, uh, I, I'm I'm I I know that that Kaczynski tries to justify these all these you know these these gigantic impersonal uh, inevitable forces. Uh, but you know I'm 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 going to kind of you know pull out another movie analogy. Do do the Thor? Is it really though? Really? Yeah, I. I I personally do not find Kaczynski like um he I don't find ideas of inevitability in general that that compelling uh just observing observing different cultures and how they've adjusted to the technology we have you cannot broadly read like stuff on how the Middle East has adopted to kind of western ins- institutions or or how different cultures like south south america have in south america have ad- adopted these institutions and think that there's a lot of inevitability to how they work out a lot of it's pretty much all of it's historically contingent on the fact that that the american empire is dominant that it inherited the imperial possessions of the British British Empire pretty much whole whole cloth and that it adopted Prussian institutions immediately after 
the Civil War largely as a way to to enforce ideological conformity on its population. And and kind of those those experiences and the experience experiences of like the outbreaks of of democratic republicanism if you want to include include Napoleon as vaguely a vaguely early democrat in, in some ways and just the mass industrials use of warfare in the west complete with conscription like the historical contingency of that and the conditions that necessitated that are pretty much i think entirely to blame for a lot of the characters of character of our institutions and how they they've developed i really don't think that you get a lot or even most of what we have without like those three or four fact factors and and you can just and you can survey the institutions that existed before american conquest to notice them you can you can never go wrong with blaming both horace mann and woodrow wilson for the state of the world uh marlo jason uh <laughs> any 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 other thoughts or uh well if i i could i might as well just uh mail in my mail in the bomb of my edgy take here and uh so <laughs> we've there is a little bit of the elephant in the room in that Kaczynski was um, a terrorist who murdered basically random people who happened to run computer shops or be professors or possibly be on the wrong plane at the wrong time. If it, but, um, at the same time, history is not exactly... Um, it's not exactly unusual for a political movement to be founded by a murderer. They've... Um, we still read it. We still read Lenin. We still read Caesar. We still read um, all of these other all of these other uh, armed prophets, and uh, we still we read Washington and Hamilton. Yes, exactly. And uh, well, I mean, does anybody read Washington? The guy was a. Uh, he wasn't exactly the. He wasn't exactly writing the Federalist Papers, but uh, didn't Tolstoy kill a guy? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so, but. Uh, it was definitely if, def, if it was Tolstoy, if it was one of Tolstoy or Dostoevsky, it was definitely Tolstoy. Founding a political community based on um, an act of violence, founding a movement uh, aimed towards a kind of justice based on injustice, goes back to um, Romulus and Remus. Uh, Machiavelli um, Machiavelli puts this uh, pretty importantly in his thought, uh, where he sort of inverts this old classical dynamic of the lawgiver and says that no, in fact. Our cities, our polities, our principalities are founded on injustice. And the fact that uh, Ted Kaczynski has created this following, has become this meme, uh, Pine Tree Twitter, other um, people inspired by him have ended up uh, talking about his ideas, discussing them. The fact that we're talking about them now, that he's getting letters in prison and that his writings now are much more developed and clearly um, engaging with interlocutors as opposed to just... um, ruminating around in a cabin creating uh, let's be honest quite baroque theories of the power process and that sort of thing and well kaczynski is experiencing uh the benefits of of modern civilization so i'm guessing he has a lot more free time on his hands yes <laughs> well 
<laughs> Damn uh, civilization. Does it say? Does it say something about uh, what was missing? Maybe um, what is one way of uh, founding a philosophical community, a political community through violence? Which um, I don't think any any of us can endorse that. But the fact is, we are talking about him, and uh, there is, you know, the Kaczynski community, and. Uh, Particularly if we are going to be thinking about exit and how to how individuals and small groups can escape technological domination and how we do that without uh, killing random people and getting locked up in Florence. Personally, how to, how to exit technology? I think maybe exit is 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 too strong a word. I would like to see more intentionality behind the kinds of technology we adopt and and, and how we go about it and. Uh, a, a willingness to, to to sort of, you know, not 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 just blindly accept technology, never be the first adopter, uh, and also never be the person who rejects all technology, uh, and 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 as a, so try, try to strike a happy medium. The, the way we adopt technology, it's a combination of influencers and cranks and misguided prophets. Um, there's, there, there, there's, there's, there seems to be no rhyme or reason or, or rationality behind which technology we adopt, uh, and, 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 and which we reject. I mean, there, there have been some, some really good technologies that could be doing a lot more to save the world. Uh, genetic modified foods, these, this is hated, but the nutritional benefits, the, the quality of life, the, all the improvements that it brings, you know these 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 benefits are 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 you know they're 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 not really deniable and at the same time you have things like social media social credit systems i i suppose you could say basically anything social and and these these are just these have just been adapted it's like this this is this is the hot new thing this is where everybody has has to go this is where the future's heading and there's really no consideration as to why we want that to be the future so, you know, along with this, this agency has to come uh, a sense of responsibility. Is, is, is that where maybe, maybe Kaczynski thought that, that, we're, that humans are just not, not responsible enough to handle it? We need to be on the cutting edge of technologies which make us freer, which uh, enable us to um, create the individual space for action, uh, which create these small productive communities, um, which allow us to find some kind of human agency and free thought without becoming a nutter in a cabin mailing bombs to people. But and the rest of the, the rest of technology we can leave to society. So going back to your question, Marlo, um, I, I, I will endorse the, the idea in that I think pretty much any movement or political movement has to be founded on action, not not words, not ideally not mailing bombs to random people and looking at its target list. I, I there's no rhyme or reason to it as far as I can tell. But if you look at say um, say the liber libertarian movement figures such as Ross Ulbricht, the Dread Prior Roberts, who kind of designed the institution of of the dark net drug market ran the first one, the silk, 
Silk Road and pretty much codified an entire method and organization of of mass crime. Crime was probably more influential and more important to the, to the movement than some of the the most August founders. Like I'd rank him probably ahead of Rand in terms of import to the libertarian movement and certainly in terms terms of broader societal impact. Similarly, you have people like Cody, Cody Wilson of Defense Distributed who who founded the ghost ghost gun community, which is now massive in changing political realities. I'm eternally disappointed he doesn't have a manifesto or book in the works. You have you have figures like ironically Menchus Menchus Moldbug Curtis Yarvin who in spite of the fact that he advocates inaction and compliance um worked extensively on Urbit which threatens to decentralize the entire internet and take away away all political control control of the net if it works works as theorized. And you can go back through all all the movements. The communists obviously the all the prominent communists either participated of the 19th century participated in um, the Paris Commune or during the Russian Revolution had spent decades robbing banks and murdering police police officers as and inevitably going to jail on lesser charges they couldn't couldn't prove and then writing their books in jail where they basically admit to their crimes and all. Not to invoke Godwin's law, but that was Hitler and, and Mussolini as, as as well, their 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 ideas of revolution. So I'm I, it's like is is it is it possible to have a revolution that's not led by crazy people with sticks of dynamite? Well the question is who in terms of all the people who are pumping out political theory or ranting ranting into the wind or a mailing list or or the internet now nowadays the the big thing seems to be that the people who do take take action have qualitatively different theory and massively more daring in theorizing than than say the mass of people either trying to become a late night commentator or trying to become popular contributor to this or that that paper or trying to get tenure or try to have a, a small uh, rationality adjacent podcast yeah we're all hypocrites <laughs> like like we're minor figures in the 60s when bill air is blowing up buildings yeah. well master to respond to your question about whether a revolution has to be led by crazy people i if we're looking through an Kaczynski and anarcho-primitivist, whatever paradigm where politics is downstream from technology, then really we should be looking at technological revolutions, which do, which do I do I think indeed tend to be led by crazy people. But I would definitely take Richard Stallman over Ted Kaczynski. So would I. So would I. Any any closing thoughts from anyone? I had something about Kulak's thing, which this might. This might be a whole tangent, but um, I think it's important to bring up. And it doesn't come from anarcho-primitivism, but um, I just reread that uh, Matthew Crawford book, uh, The World Beyond Your Head. And one of his takes in there is talking about 
essentially that modern technology is shaping the world to comply with um, a philosophy of representation over a philosophy of the real in that, you know, over the course of the Enlightenment, we kind of, we had this Kantian separation of, you know, the, the symbolic representations of the world, which is how we access objects, and then the objects in its, themselves, which are just kind of a separate entity. And that kind of, his thesis is something like, we have constructed the world to reflect that philosophical separation. We have created technologies that sort of reinforce that and give us uh, a reality that is more kind of mediated in terms of the representations of things rather than the things in themselves. And, you know, here's a few different examples of this. I mean, one is just, I mean, we're spending all our times on screens. Like, for example, I mean, we talk on this Discord here and we exist as kind of these, you know, pictures and names and these abstractions, things like that. We have these uh, relationships entirely through that. Or here's another one of, say, uh, modern cars where... Um, the cars are so um, over-engineered that you don't really feel the road. You can't really feel how fast you're going. You can't really feel what's going on. So if, you know, there's the concept of speed, how fast you're going, well, speed now becomes only relevant to you, like what is on the speedometer is as a number. It's here. It's a thing that's in relationship to a speed limit, you know, it's okay, well, I'm going 50 miles an hour. This is important because I have to stay, you know, maybe five, 10 miles over it. You know, it's one abstraction that goes into another abstraction, which is, you know, what society tells you how you should act in this case. But what the speed is purportedly measuring, which is how fast you're going, well, that's more of a sensation. That's more of a, hey, I'm in a two-tongue vehicle flying by the seat of my pants. You know, I could hit and kill children. I'm, you know, I'm just, uh, and you would only get that in like, uh, you know, like an old sports car, it'll be odd or something like that. You just can't, or a motorcycle, but specifically an old motorcycle, you know, a cheaper one, something like that. You can't get that in the more modern technologies, but that is what the consumer wants. That is what the, the consumer increasingly prefers, the over-engineered, idiot-proof, representational, you know, and then, and as we get older, or sorry, as technology progresses, we're we're inevitably going to end up in an era of, you know, VR, increasing screen use, everybody's, you know, on the phone, you know, 15 hours a day and everything is entirely representational. It isn't. And, and, and sorry, uh, I, the reason I brought this up is because this directly parallels, I think, the difference in merely acting or I mean, sorry, merely speaking politics and doing things is that there is a difference in starting a revolution in just kind of parroting text and just manipulating things in symbol world, you will think differently in that sense than the person who is engaged in political reality and actually doing something. They will come up with different philosophies that reflect that because it's it's a, it's a different attitude towards the real versus the symbolic. It's, it's interesting that you, that you brought up Crawford. The, the first book that I read of his was uh, Shop, uh, Shop Class is Soulcraft, uh, which was which was all about his his working on on motorcycles and being able to not just not just be the object of technology, but being able to um, being able to to interact with technology to make to make the technology his subject instead of being simply controlled by what what some previous designer he's he's able, he's able to you know, look past what somebody else has designed uh, and, you know, tweak his own motorcycles, you know, people tweak their own computers, uh, develop their own apps, being able to understand 
uh, I, I guess you could call it the source code of underlying reality. And, and that's that, that, that I'm, I'm thinking that is, is one way out of, uh, of, of this, uh, of, of, of the dilemma where, where we can, we can choose which technologies we use and we control them. They don't control us. Or maybe I'm just being insane and idealistic. I think uh, if we're really going to get to the heart of the difference between Crawford, who definitely probably deserves a podcast episode of his own, uh, and uh, Uncle Ted, is that um, their difference, uh, the difference encounters the car. When Kaczynski talks about how it's impossible to opt out of technology in the Unabomber Manifesto, where he... It gives the car as his example. First, we have the car. It appears to give us freedom. Um, but then society is rebuilt around the car. We lose uh, sidewalks. We build overpasses. We create suburban communities. Um, and as a result, um, people who thought they were free to um, not engage with the technological control of the car, not have to deal with the DMV, not have to uh, deal with the rules of the road, are put back under the domination of the technological system. But Crawford, on the other hand, sees that driving as its own practice, as its own thing, which does have its own rules in much the same way that the natural world has its rules, the same way that hiking has its rules, driving has its uh, natural environment in which we engage in it as a practice um, and become freer, that's... uh, that shows that there is a liberatory potential too within technology but perhaps um, perhaps I think there are two possible ways you could read this difference between the two the first is that technology is liberatory but only for some people only for people who are interested in becoming uh, good drivers masters of technology um, working the working with it to exit working to exit into freedom within the system on the one hand or on the other hand, there is some kind of um, historical dialectic or cycle within technological society where technologies, uh, different technologies at times contribute to freedom and at times contribute to control. And thinking purely in terms of freedom or control doesn't quite work to, um, to situate yourself and navigate yourself within a, mom- a particular historical technological moment where... Um, you're able to find more or less freedom depending on which technologies uh, you uh, orient your life towards. Hmm. So reject bombing, return to philosophy. And on, on that note, uh, I, I think we should, uh, should, we can wrap it up. I have one thing to say about Kulak's ranch, um, based. <laughs> Very based.